Good morning. Herb Oscar Anderson. Hello and welcome back to the return of the Morning Mayor. And thank you so much for continuing on this very interesting journey about the life and times of HOA. Today is a uh, special episode. I mean, they're all special episodes, right? Pretty much. (laughs) Today's special, though, because we get more into the history and the time before the time of HOA on the radio. What made him who he is today? And uh, we'll be covering the Oddfellows. Isn't that right, Carla? Yes, yes. We're going to be looking at the Oddfellows organization and just really the history of the Oddfellows. It's a really interesting organization, and uh, as I was writing this script and looking into it, I just thought uh, people may be interested in hearing about them because it's not a name you really hear about, the Oddfellows. Right, it's like, what are the others? The Shriners, maybe, or um, some others that you're aware of. I think of there's a few other, were there other organizations that were similar? But um, basically, I think this is not so much the story of your dad, his time there, because I know it wasn't that pleasant. Right. But we do have a little levity here and a little fun and, and really some neat stuff that I think people would like to learn about. So I think the conversation on Odd Fellows is pretty interesting. Yeah, enjoy. And now, without further ado... The Odd Fellows. Okay, so this afternoon we're going to talk about the Odd Fellows, which had a tremendous influence on my father's life growing up. He was in the Odd Fellows orphanage for eight years from the time he was four and almost until he was 13. This was 1934. This was the Depression. And I just always sort of laughed at the name Oddfellows because what a, a strange name to call yourself. You would think you'd call yourself, you know, the, something magnificent or whatever organization. But this started a long, long time ago. It was started in the 17th century England, and it was really odd to find people organized for the purpose of giving aids to those in need and pursuing projects for the benefit of all mankind. This is what they... They really is that strive like their for mission statement. Or yeah, something? <clears throat> and and those who belonged to such an organization were called Odd Fellows, also known as the Three Link Fraternity, which stands for Friendship, Love, and Truth. And my father said he remembered going into Mr. Johnson's office, and sure enough, there was the triple links on the wall of his office. Um, and then a lot of people said that this started back in biblical times. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but. Another explanation, which are many, is also that odd tradesmen, now these are people who may have been fishermen, people who were, uh, you know, were chimney sweeps or whatever, but these people all got together to help create a a society to help those less fortunate. So when it started, this was their main goal. This is what they were going to do was all this. Um, Now... It has no political or religious connections, and it is still going. They uh, give a lot of money to certain organizations. I think they're all over the world, maybe not so much here in the United States. I think they still have um, have uh, meeting meeting halls, but no longer orphanages. So there are people who still belong to the Odd Fellows. In fact, where my father went in Lincoln, Illinois, that burned down, and there they have a museum of all the artifacts 
of the Odd Fellows because it was uh, a really different and strange type of club, I guess you could say, you're reading up on it. So it's it really was really big in the 14th century, and it started did start as a Catholic type of uh, society. It was Catholic, and then of course King Henry VIII came in, and of course there was no more Catholicism, so they went underground. Okay. So they became an underground sort of private type of organization that was was going now, on. Now, would that have happened before the orphanage or after? Like, do you know when they would have gone underground? Well, they, I think well, before the orphanages because, happened, right? Yeah, yeah, because <clears throat> King Henry VIII was. Yeah, I don't know what year that was. Well, that was like fifteen. I don't fifteen thirty eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm not back. really yeah. There's a fifteen somethings. I'm I'm not a history buff, but because yeah, the Catholic Church eventually did not like them at all, so that was their yeah. They turned on them. Yeah, yeah. And also, you couldn't be Catholic mm-hmm. if you were Catholic in King Henry the time. You were you had to change. You had to become uh, for the Church of England, which now, was <clears throat> Episcopal Church. Became the Church of England. What did were become, they Protestants? What did become the well, I think it's Church just the Church of England. Just the yeah. Church of England. Yeah. Because yeah. King Henry VIII, I think, okay, people, if this is wrong. It was a divorce, right? Well, yeah, he wanted to divorce. And so when the Pope wouldn't give it to him, in fact, King Henry VIII was like the uh, person that upheld the Catholic religion. But when he wanted to get a divorce from the Pope, the Pope said no. Uh, and also because his queen was from Spain, who was mm. a big Catholic country, um, he just got rid of the Pope. I think they got rid of all the saints. Because I know as a Catholic, I know uh, you go into some of those churches in England now, which were once at one time a Catholic church, don't have any statues of any saints. When you go into our church uh, here, you see you know, all statues of all the saints. The, uh, the Church of England is classified as Protestant. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I did. That's what it says. But the poiety is Episcopal. So I guess you're both right Okay. on that one. Well, I don't. Point, okay. point for both of you. <clears throat> Thank you. Ding. Keeping score. Okay. <clears throat> I did find their mission statement, which aligns with what you're saying, but their their actual mission statement says, do something for somebody somewhere while jogging along life's road. Help somebody to carry his burden and lighten, right. a, and lighter will grow your load. Do something for somebody striving to help where the, where the way seems long and the homeless hearts that languish cheer up with a little song. Right. That was the song that they, they sang. Oh, that they was the okay. song they had to sing? Well, no, that was just a song that, you know, you would, you would sing. Somebody wrote that song or it was a poem. But basically their core values were to visit the sick, relieve the distressed, bury the dead, which, you know, uh, my grandmother couldn't bury my grandfather. Uh, they had odd fellow cemeteries and educate orphans which is where my father came into that. Uh, that was basically their basic beliefs at the time. And uh, really Dickens, who wrote all the, you know, Oliver Twist mm-hmm. and wrote, uh, what is the Christmas? Oh, the Christmas, Charles Dickens. Yeah, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you can see a lot of that in England. It was not cool. The rich at that time did not like to give money. It was like, what? I might as well just burn it. You know, there was nothing that was going to come out of it. And through Dickens, that really sort of uh, helping your fellow man, which was really what he was about. But before that, people didn't give. So hence the name Odd Fellows, which I thought was sort of neat. Uh, Also in in 1843, uh, the Odd Fellow organization was really up to speed. They had the first 
odd fellow organization for disenfranchised African Americans in 1843. Wow. So they had their own odd fellows. It wasn't combined, but they had their own odd fellows. And the Rebecca House started for girls in 1868, which my aunt was an odd fellow member until she died. What now? So the Rebecca House was in Illinois. At right, the same right. Oddfellow place where dad was, but was that also other places or was Rebecca House just at that? No, it was all over. It was all okay. over. So, the, so that was like a division of... Right. The Oddfellows uh, are for the boys and the Rebecca House were for was for the girls. Okay. And uh, they also had homes for the elderly. So these guys were, I feel, really, really Without wanted to do them, that. what would they have done? I mean, you think about your grandmother where, I guess back at that time and she realized she had to, you know, put, put them in the orphanage. I guess you say, what do you, I mean, it sounds awful to say now, but say if you have to put someone in an orphanage now, like where do you go? I guess there, there, there are, are none. It's foster care. Foster care. Right. Uh, yeah. So the okay. orphanages stopped, I think around the 1950s. Okay. And everything became foster care. Okay. So that's, uh, that's probably what happened. But it, it, and in looking into this again, I apologize if there's really odd fellow people who are, connoisseurs on the fact about odd fellows but just researching this it, it their secret rituals which i found sort of interesting um they have at least one human skeleton in each lodge i've heard that mm-hmm. one human skeleton and i think that that was used in you know to sort of a initiation to get into it but also to sort of remind you that this is what you return to Okay. Sort of as in <clears throat> dust to dust. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of them go. Like, um, I shouldn't talk about it, but I'm a third degree nut of Columbus. Uh-oh. I haven't been to church in a long time, but You're, I yeah, went that. through that. So very similar. Um, the Odd Fellows, the Freemasons, right. the Knights of Columbus all have a very, um, it's all about mortality. It's basically just making you realize that your time is limited and do the most for other people that you can while you're here basically is what it is what, and for each other so you know. the knights of columbus my mom actually brought that up being a, a a you know a catholic very devout catholic so knights of columbus that's just a catholic organization or can it be multi it's it's within i believe it is a catholic organization it's it's they're always within catholic churches yeah i mean they always have you know there's an old there's an old lodge on the way to bennington on the right hand side an old kfc lodge my dad was in the knights of columbus and they used to, he was a treasurer. They used to, in, instead of picking a payment, they paid my father in golf balls. He was a golfer. Oh, okay. And so he had dozens of golf balls. We moved, and there was a golf course we all grew up on, and I used to sell the golf balls on the ninth tee box. I had Very to go good. over the river. Yeah. And so one day he was in the snack bar, and somebody was like, oh, there's a kid out there selling brand new Titleist, three for a buck. And my dad, he's like, let me see that. And there was a Knight of Columbus signal on the side of it. And uh, I got in, I, got, I got spoken to uh, okay. for that. Golf balls are not cheap. No. So, and then they talked about uh, initiation of, and this was in the old days when they still had torches and stuff like that. But Catholic. They, they would bring you in in a, a blindfold uh, they didn't know where you were and they would take a blindfold out and you would be greeted by a human skeleton with, uh, I don't know if it was to scare you into submission or whatever, but 
it, so, it, so that <clears throat> that was actually for the children that were coming to the orphanage, or that was just no, for other members? No, that was to people the, to become like if, an odd fellow. An odd fellow. This okay. was a ritual that you okay. had had to go through. Uh, uh, one that was really sort of strange that I didn't understand, but I did see uh, a, a pen and ink of it in the Library of Congress. It was an etching made in the 1800s called "Riding a Goat." Okay, so uh, this gentleman was naked. He crawled on the back of the horns, uh, back of a goat, excuse me, and grabbed the horns. And (laughs) I don't know if he was supposed to ride him down the street or whatever, but the whole idea behind it was to trust your fellow odd fellows, that the guys on the side were going to not let you fall. The person in back wasn't going to let you fall. I think they could have done that a little bit easier with a ropes course. (laughs) Hold on a minute. So, but never mind the people that are watching you ride the goat down the street. Well, Well, that's a very odd fellow. Yes. Isn't that odd? He's naked riding a goat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I I think it was uh, supposed to have trust in your other, other people in your organization, but also as being a shepherdess. That sounds like hazing. Or, or maybe make sure that they were loyal, because if you're going to if you're gonna ride a goat naked down the main street, you, you're loyal. You're trust, in. I'm in. Trust me when I tell you to ride that goat with no clothes on. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say trust the etching. Me. The etching, he was naked. Well, so, where did the idea come from? I don't know. I have no idea. It probably happened. I just thought that was just such a strange... A strange thing to it's have. Very odd. It's very, it's odd. very. He was, and he was an odd fellow. But <laughs> I think the ropes course would have been a better way to get trust, you know, instead of riding a goat. Trust fall. Yeah, but also as a shepherdess, I, I'm a, a sheep herder. That I know that you never turn your back to a ram. You never do. And I have been hit several times, hit into a wall, because as soon as you turn your back, and especially if it's a slight downhill, you're done for. So um, maybe that has something to do with it. I have, I have no idea, but I just thought when I saw that etching as I was looking into this, I thought, oh, I have to, I, and I don't mean anything bad by it. I don't know what it was meant for because I'm not an odd fellow. And, and like I said, maybe my aunt, if she was still alive, she would know something about it. But I'm sure the Rebecca's, she was a Rebecca um, and, uh, and belonged to the, I don't know if it would be Odd Fellows or the Rebecca House because she was uh, in an orphanage there, and then all her life she was. Okay, hold on a minute. Remember, so okay, I just did a little, a little, a little googling of what riding the goat. Well, that was the initiation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so the skeleton, the human skeleton, being face to face with a human skeleton. Somebody yelled out, "Prepare the goat!" Yeah. And they'd bring a goat, and they'd bring a, they'd bring the goat out. I mean, I can only, <laughs> you think that it was just like. Um, it just meant you had to do it. <laughs> I don't know. As opposed to doing it like, oh yeah, here's the goat. Like just to just to scare someone. Yeah, it says here. Um, you had to do it. It says one writer describe one writer describes a horrific and probably inaccurate Im- Im- initiation ceremony. In this ceremony, a voice cries out, "Prepare the goat!" And then a large black and white goat steps into the hall. The new initiate is told to mount it. After doing this and grabbing the animal's large horns, the new initiate is thrown from the goat and lands on the floor on his back, hearing laughter all around. Yeah. Yeah. This says the goat was a central figure in the initiation rite of an aspiring lodge member. 
This yeah. ritual centered upon the moral principle of trust. This guy's cl- this guy has clothes on. Yeah. Okay. That guy has yes, some clothes. He does. That poor goat, though. I know. But then it says it's a very rare. Oh. Well, oh, the goat sold for a lot at Sotheby's. Oh, that goat. Yeah, they did. I think they went to mechanical goats. He's a very rare Odd Fellows Fraternal Lodge goat. 1890. Okay. Oh, they got stirrups on them and everything. Oh, okay. interesting. Which is funny because, you know, um, there was a guy that I talked to who's a Shriner. Okay. That's... He's a Shriner clown. Okay. And is that, is that a term, a Shriner clown? It's like there are, there are clowns within the Shriners. Okay. There's like, there's, and I guess the Shriners are like, they're also involved with the Masons. I don't know the whole deal with I them. I think they're all sort they're of They're all kind of yeah. connected. But he said that during his initiation, there was an electric chicken. And so he had to just so he had to like I guess he had to sit there, either tied up or on a stool or something, and and also without clothes on. And this chicken, every time it went towards him and it hit him, it was electrified oh. and it would shock oh. him. Whenever the chicken got him, it would shock him. Well, what was the meaning behind that? Mockery. I mean, basically, uh, basically, it's like to it's to like beat down your own ego. I think to get you to get you on this, you know, to show you that you're nothing. And then you're and then you're called a clown. I, I guess I don't know. later. I mean, I don't know, but he was telling me all about this electric chicken. Now, you know, he was he this 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 guy was a weird. He was also odd, but he was a Shriner. He wasn't okay. an odd fellow. He was an odd. He was an odd dude. Okay, but he was a Shriner. They also drive the little cars around. I mean, they they they, they do weird stuff. But they all do a guys. lot for the burn victims. A ton. Yeah. Oh, they do good work. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, just saying and that same in the thing public, with odd fellows. But in the public eye, it's always a very weird. They act weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know even just calling the museum and asking them information uh, to get this script together and some some facts, the people just didn't really want to talk to me. And the only thing she sent me was the registration of my father in a big book. And uh, they don't have him leaving, but they have him coming, which I thought was, and they had my dad's name, and I think my um, uncle Eddie went in at the same time. I didn't see my Aunt Ella, but she would have been in a different book i would suspect but that's the only thing that i saw and i asked about certain things um that my father said they they had like a big red bus and they said well we have no idea of what you're talking about and we've since discovered pictures of this so i don't know if they don't like their past being talked about um i i have no idea but you know i have have seen other people too also write articles saying too that they were always reaching out, trying to get information of people who actually uh, went to the Odd Fellows home. So I don't know. Maybe they just don't like to talk about it. I, I have no idea. So obviously, your father never wanted to be an Odd Fellow afterwards. Oh no. 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 There was no. My father belonged to no organization. Mm. Nothing. I, I mean, yeah, my dad. It's was, okay. Yeah. Well, no. I. I don't. I, not my aunt had the absolutely the best time. In her life, being at Rebecca House, she and loved it. Where did it. she end up? Did she just? She came out. She okay. was older. She, she was, was older. she was older than my dad, but she learned how to become a tailor. I think there, and she was unbelievable as a tailor. And she, when my father and my uncle and my dad would get together, my my poor dad would you could just see him sort of seething, and he hated it so much. And my uncle Eddie never spoke about it. Never, never, never spoke about it. 
But my Aunt Ella was, you know, the typical Pollyanna with the rose-colored glasses. Oh, it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. And my dad was like, how can you say well, you enjoyed it? Well, perhaps <laughs> the girls were just treated better than the boys were. That's, I mean, it, it yeah. could be as simple as that. Maybe they just had a more of a softer, they had a softer experience than your dad did. Well, also, my dad lost his father probably the year before. Or even, right. And, and then at four, how, his age. how do you explain? Age. Yeah, at four, where my aunt may have been, I don't know, maybe nine going in so she could understand a little bit more clearly as what's happening. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. And my dad, and I'm not saying anything bad about the Oddfellows. I'm sure there's just as many people who had gone to the Oddfellows orphanage and were thankful for the Oddfellows orphanage, but it was not what my dad, um, it was awful for my dad. It was, it was not good for my dad. And again, everybody has different a different experience. Yeah. Like, well, even now, you know, you grow up in a household with your brothers and sisters have a different experience than yeah than you. you yeah. Know, just so it's understandable, but um, but but part of it was good for him in that, although he didn't enjoy it. I know we've talked about this in other parts, but he he got to entertain. He got to be yeah. on the big red bus. He got to do things that hopefully maybe you know. Well, that's how it aided. started. Right. That's how it all started. So although it was not really a great experience for him, it was something that really steered the direction that his life would take. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's what he found out, what he loved. And and I actually think that's what got him through. It got him through because my aunt, um, or excuse me, my grandmother, she was pretty stern. She's an old Swede. She came over from Sweden and at 17 by herself. And she, I think, she, I don't know where Sue and I tried to find where she came in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but she said, oh, I was, they looked out all over my body, you know, and, and of course they had to check for disease and stuff like that. And she felt like she was being violated, but she was a tough cookie. I, I just remember meeting her a few times and I just remember staring her down. She was a, she could stare. She could stare. There was not many words. So I would stare back just to stare. But where, where was she? So, so she, she, I think she came into, she was an indentured servant and she went to Rhode Island. Okay. And she was there, and then she heard that there was a huge bunch of Swedes in Detroit, so she went to Detroit, and that's where she met my grandfather there in Detroit, because he came over from Sweden. But she lost one brother coming over. He died uh, coming over, and then her, her um, brother Oscar was around Niagara Falls. And I always wish I would have had a chance to talk to her about it, but... You know, people from in that generation, that was the past. They don't want to talk about the past. They don't want to talk about the old country. Mm -hmm. And I had a hard time trying to look up any information about her. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's just neat. We were talking about the comparisons between the Shriners and the Freemasons and the uh, Knights of Columbus. And I don't know, John, do you have a lot of symbols for your... From when I was in the Knights of Columbus? Yeah, I mean... Are I there... mean, there's definitely... There, there are... There are... Um, there's artifacts that are used during all of the initiations. So there's like, there's like, it, it's very similar to all of them. And there's also, we didn't so much get, um, we weren't, I'm not going to say we were like made fun of, but when I got to my level, it's all a setup. Like, um, you go into this, you go into this big group of people and it, and from the moment you arrive, you're not in on it, but everyone else is. Oh, okay. So like amongst the group of people, there's planted people 
that are causing this problem. So like this problem unfolds. <laughs> this like I I can't tell too much because it's, I'm not supposed to talk about it. Okay. But like basically this this huge problem unfolds. <laughs> And you're not in on it. And the new initiative people, we're not in on it. And we're like, I'm like ready. I was like ready to actually like fight someone when I was in there. I was like, (laughs) I I, I didn't know what was going on. And then finally at the end, when it's like at its like crescendo of like madness, that's when they let you in that it's not, it's not real. What's happening. So the Shriners. But but they get you from the moment you like from the moment you just get there and like check in. Even the check-in process is fake. All of it is a big setup. And part of it is they're showing you that like lots of stuff go on that you don't know what's happening in life. Yeah. And so you just like, that was like one that part of like the lesson learned was we got you. Right. You allowed yourself to get gotten. Yeah. So the, hence you should be don't involved in this. In yeah. the end, you know what it really is though? Lance of Columbus, life insurance. That's what it really is. They want you to buy life insurance. Are you oh. serious? I'm dead serious. Well, I yeah. I think it's I think funny. after this podcast they're going to kick you out. Yeah. I, I haven't paid my, I haven't paid my I haven't paid my dues in in 17 years. But but like seriously, it's just one in you know, of course it is. It's always some kind of a ploy at the end for. Sure. Well, you know, it's funny you say even the word life or insurance. The odd fellows at that time were only members for the insurance. And my grandfather paid being a, a immigrant. They paid into the Odd Fellows monthly or whatever, and so when he died, that's how my dad ended up there because they had paid their dues or whatever. And it wasn't until like I think 1945 that the Odd Fellows opened up to the public, but before that, it was just a private, yeah, private thing. Okay, so had he not been a member, he wouldn't have ended up there. So it's no, like if you die, we'll take care of your family yeah. by yeah. taking your kids and putting them into an orphanage, right? Right. When they go, but back then that was like that was like a good deal. Oh, it was. That's how you. That, that was sure. how you ensured that your kids that were okay. That was life insurance. Yeah, because it wasn't. It was a financial. It wasn't a check that you receive in the mail for life insurance, but right. it was the ability for your children to. And, and at survive. that time, you know, people died. You know, yeah. a lot, and so especially I think when there was a lot of um, tuberculosis when it started, like in the late, I think eighteen. 93 was when the the one in Lincoln, Illinois was built. People died of tuberculosis mm-hmm. and died of all these diseases. Now what your grandfather was They called those sanitariums? Pneumonia? Yeah, sanitariums. Sanitariums. Yeah, that might he died. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Oh there. no, you didn't. He oh. died of appendicitis. Appendicitis. So, okay. you know, they so I don't it, it's just interesting and I know we were talking about the uh, you know, different organizations and I always think of the Shriners with their hats. Um you know, their hats that they always wear, but also uh, just looking at all the symbolism that the odd fellows have, uh, the Rebecca's always had a lily for pur- purity, a beehive for working for the common good. And I sort of think about this and I think about, uh, what is that in new Lebanon? The, um, uh, the shaker village mm-hmm. and they have, uh, the, yeah, shaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shakers, you know, the shakers. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had a huge number of symbolism as well with their... Uh, and that's a secret society also, right? I mean, these no, are all... No, it was a religion. It was a religion. Is it a religion? Well, it was. Well, sort of like... I know oh, those are the Quakers. The Quakers are the ones that are kind Quakers, of... Quakers, uh, yeah. They, okay. They're the religion. They were the peace. They don't believe in war. Were the Shakers, Shakers and the Quakers. Right. But the Shakers would take a lot of orphanage uh, children because the men were on one side, women on the other, and they just do these organizations, you know... Where they shake, they didn't have shake. Yeah, they it was just you'd see them 
but they were shaking. Yeah, but they had no too much. They didn't much. have any sex, so you couldn't have any children. So that's why they were shaking. Oh, so is that much. why they yeah. were called shakers? Shakers, because they were like freaking out. <laughs> Hence the, hence the lily for the, they had, they had so much, well, cause they're all Protestants. They were all about their purity and, yeah. and, and you were a bad person otherwise. So that's for why they're sure. gone. There aren't any left. The, they the, couldn't I reproduce. think they only had, nobody a, can handle it. They only had a few. Well, they couldn't reproduce. So after a while they yeah, disappeared. And that's where they took orphans. Gotcha. Okay. Is that where the term sowing your wild oats comes from? I have no idea. It might. Think of the Quaker oats. And the wild oats that were sown were but like I, people that were I not pure. But I don't think the Shakers ever sowed their wild oats. I just made that up, by but, the way. I have no idea if it's yeah. true. But uh, <laughs> it fits the, for the story. But in the Odd Fellows organization, that triple link chain, everywhere you see it, uh, also axes were used for removing evil, and heart and hand for gleeful giving, mm. and also the eye. I yeah, the that, that is the, the, the odd fellow's I am a triangle, which is on the, isn't that on the dollar bill? Right. And that is the all seeing eye. Your third eye. Guide. That's God sees everything. Okay. Third mm. eye. Yeah. So they just have a lot of interesting things. And in the particular, they came over from England in 1918 uh, from Manchester, England. And the Odd Fellows, where my dad was, was in 1983 and went all the way until 2003. Uh, the orphanage did close in the 50s, and I think they tried to have like a daycare center, but that didn't really go. What were the dates for the last thing you just said? I think you, I think you might have gotten the date wrong. 1893 to 2003. Okay, cool. Did you I said say 1983 it wrong? first? Well, like, because yeah. you know that's just the way I roll. It's okay. I'm just making sure I can edit that. Okay. So it's okay. sounding correct. Okay, well, that's good. And uh, <laughs> uh, so it was actually, the land was donated and building fund was donated and then more land was donated. So it was a working farm. They had a huge farm where my uncle Eddie worked on the farm. My dad was too small, so he had to stay in the dormitory, but they so, had to So would they probably, they'd probably use the food to feed themselves, yeah. but would they sell them, right? So, I mean, but they'd make money... I, that I don't really know. I don't really know what they did, but they had a lot of people that were actually um, people who were institutionalized uh, forever. Basically, they were in the orphanage. They got older. They stayed, became a teacher or became something in the organ, and then they went into the old folks' home. So, so a they lot, never left. They never left. They never left. So you had said earlier in a different conversation, so what they used... so. So break that down a bit. So like if you were there, they, didn't they make it where you used to have to leave when you were 16, but then they would extended it? Well, they but extended it because uh, the end date was 16. So a lot of those young people went out. Some of them, you were either a half orphan, which is what my father was, or an orphan. They were called inmates, which my brother John is like, you can't call them inmates. That's what they were called. They were called inmates. And at the age of 16, you were free to go. But there were so many that starved, mm -hmm. and so they extended it to eighteen. And if you were a full orphan, then you probably had the option maybe to stay stay along, like some did, and and participate and just do your whole life there. Where if you were a half orphan, did you have to leave? You may not know the answer to that, but you know what I mean. Like, so if some people would stay and make it a life right choice. Well, I don't think they stayed. I think anybody would would probably wanted to get out. I think uh, my dad got out because my grandmother remarried, so they got back out. And he was, like I said, a half-orphan. 
So mm-hmm. he had that choice. But I think if you were an orphan, you stayed until as long as you could. And maybe uh, maybe there was a way that you could maybe, get... Maybe put you to work or kept you. Right. Doing, and, make you productive. But. Right, because there was enough of that farm and everything going on. So, so yeah, and, and they never called it the orphanage. My dad always would say the home. And even as much as he hated it, it was always the home. And I have read articles written by other people, and it was always the home. The home, the home, the home which I don't really think it was a home for any of them, but that's the term that they had to, had to use. And I just, looking at the postcards of it and pictures of it, it, it was just a huge brick Victorian institution that had many, many outbuildings. And it was uh, just sort of like something that you would see in a horror film. I remember my mother, when my dad was doing the script, to try to get this made into a show. And and my mom couldn't even go in. She said that it was just so dark and dreary. It was just probably, it was built in that time, that dark Victorian wood panel, floor was dark, everything was dark and dingy. Well, in that in that picture you were showing me of the, uh, you know, the, the aerial view of the property, um, there was, with the exception of the trees that were planted around the buildings, that was just all wide open land so the sun was extremely bright so i bet they might have just for the sake of of maybe for the for inside the building they just kept them dark because it was just too bright outside maybe that was just their only refuge to get away from the bright light could have been i'm just looking from the video or from the from the picture but they did plant they had an enormous lawn and i know my dad said we always had to be responsible for keeping the flower beds clean and everything and it was just a very long driveway leading up to it that he uh, always remembered and um it, it just looking it up they all sort of look the same these very gothic all over the united states these uh gothic buildings and they had a pretty successful farm and my uncle eddie worked on the farm like i said i remember a cow kicked a pitchfork and got his finger against the wall and he lost his finger oh gee as a little kid so i just remember you know always looking at uncle eddie's hand and my dad said yeah he lost that at the farm at the home but uh, just looking up here, they talk a little bit about um, the entertainment and how they used to entertain. Yeah. And there's a story here. Obviously, your dad was on, on the big red bus, but there's a stories here that talk about it and how they would go out and they would, you know, entertain. And sometimes they'd be on the road for like two weeks, it said, and they would stay with people, you know, yeah. that stay in their homes and they would get fed well and, you know, things at the end of the night and then they'd, they'd leave and go on to the next place. But you know, looking through some of this, it looks like other people have talked about enjoying that. So, and I know your dad yeah. probably in his that in was his own probably right enjoyed it, like we said. The highlight, because my dad always said, when you got on that bus, in the back of your mind, you thought you were going home. Right. Mm. And that's a lot of them. A lot of them thought the same thing too. It mm. was very, very disciplined. I mean, you just really didn't have really any free time to do anything. My dad was never would stand in a line as an adult. So it the, was very strict. The odd fellows are also, uh, there's a lot of ghost investigations that happen at these as well. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton of, uh, murky reports around the paranormal uh-huh. and the orphanages because the, the, there were a lot of deaths that happened in these orphanages as well. You just mentioned that one kid lost his finger, Yeah, but uncle. I mean, imagine your uncle, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I mean, imagine the deaths that they, and the thing is, you just said they had your father coming in, but not leaving. Right. So imagine how many deaths 
I'm not saying they did, but I'm saying that they could cover up a death pretty easily at an orphanage since these kids are unaccounted for anyway. Yeah, for the that's most true. Part. That's true. I mean, my dad, uh, he really didn't like to talk about it. It was very, very difficult. And just basically we would get these few stories that he would talk about it. But I just really th- wish he would have spent more time talking to me about it because there's a lot of things that I think um, now that he's passed and I've been researching this makes a lot of sense to me as to what he grew up to be. And um, he would never allow my brothers to be in any baseball teams. Uh, not where my <laughs> No organizations, period. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. Where my dad was not there personally yeah. or knew the father. Which makes Hold on, say that again? Sense. About yeah. going to friends' houses, you mean? Well, no, they could go to friends' houses, but I'm talking like... Uh, a baseball team wasn't happening unless he was the there at the game team. with them. Yeah, or anything, any any organization or any like... Uh, so Boy Scouts were out? No, never, never. And you guys are a, a, you know, you guys, otherwise you'd think you wouldn't have minded the Scouts, but that was not okay because of the organization on it. Well, my dad would never, because again, I'm not saying anything happened to him. Right. And I'm not. Or saying, he may have seen things happen. He may to have seen. Th- I mean, there's plenty of stories that we have. Without a doubt, stuff could have happened. That, right. You know, that were that were. But not, I don't want to. I don't want to set anything on sure, fire. Sure. But I'm just saying, in my own personal preference, I remember I we had something called the Indian Club, where my dad. And again, my dad worked many six days a week. He was tired, but it was uh, like junior in, Indians. And I remember riding in like the. I don't know if it was Memorial Day Parade. I had my little buckskin Indian dress <laughs> with my feather. <laughs> yeah, and my brothers were in it. And that was about the only thing I remember my dad doing with us. But really, no, we, it was never. It no. wasn't a part of it. It didn't. No. When you were my going da- through that, you didn't realize you weren't doing that. It just, just yeah. wasn't something you guys no, did. No, we just never, just we it. never, well, I don't, I don't, can't really talk about for my brothers, but I just know my dad would never allow my brothers to go anywhere that he didn't know who the leader was personally. Um, and, Hmm. and it, and, and even to this, uh, to the point where he was in the end point of his life, when anything came up about child abuse. It's a post-traumatic response is what he has. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would just sort of set him off and it was just very hard. He couldn't listen to it. So, Again, um, this is his daughter talking, um, saying a lot of things that I've seen in my father, researching it and putting things together sort of makes sense mm-hmm. um, as to why he was. Yeah, you know, I used to get so mad at him because we would you know, want to go somewhere and there was a line and my dad's like, I'm not standing in line. I don't care who's there. I'm not standing in line. Mm-hmm. And at the time you're like, come on, dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, there was no standing in line. There was no this, no that. And so it would, I maybe when I get to see him again, hopefully I can ask him all those kinds of questions, but it just, uh, made a lot of sense to me now researching this, but so let's go to a little bit of a more upbeat topic. Uh, some of the members were pretty neat. Charlie Chaplin no. was a member. P. He T. was an odd guy. Yeah. P.T. Barnum. Really? From Barnum Billy Circus. Yeah, he was odd guy. No, were they were in Illinois? <laughs> no, these are just, just all over. These the are place. just yeah. members. These are the notable names. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Charles Lindbergh. Okay, was you know the guy that flies. Yeah. Wyatt Earp, 
you know, I, mm. wide herb. Both odd fellows. Look at that man on that plane over there. Is that what they call that, a plane? Yes, but Look what at is... that man's mustache. Isn't that mighty odd? <laughs> but what is Wyatt Earp? Do you guys even know? Yeah. Who? Wyatt Earp was the famous lawman from on Tombstone. The, on the OK Corral. On the Thank OK you Corral. very much, John. You get 10 points on that one. Well, you know, it's funny. You were mentioning the, uh, the we were talking about the, the sanitariums earlier. Mm -hmm. And remember what Doc Holliday had tuberculosis. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Val Kilmer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Had tuberculosis. It wasn't Doc Holliday. It was Val Kilmer. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> yeah. He was so, coughing so he the was, whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a member. I'm going back. I'm looking up. So he was yes. a member versus a uh an uh, attendee atten uh, inmate uh, inmate yeah, yeah. i think right, i'm right, pretty right, sure right. and then uh also i don't know i think charlie chaplin was also an orphan would make sense he was also yeah, an orphan because he always did the little orphan wasn't that his that's true so but maybe he wasn't i want to hear some more names what else you got al uh he did he said uh, chaplin partly grew up in an orphanage okay. shortly thereafter his mother was committed to a mental mental institution his father meanwhile played very little role in his upbringing Okay, so, yeah. So, Al Pinkerton. You know Al Pinkerton? I do not. Uh, Pinkertons, they used to call people Pinkertons, right? Isn't that, does it have to do with... Um, Come on now. Uh, Al Pinkerton was like the first Secret Service kind of guy. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pinkertons yeah. were like... Were Abraham like they were, yeah, Abraham Lincoln. They were like hired guns. He was, he was America's first, was it first detective? No. First private eye. What's an odd fellow? Yeah. So then we have Winston Churchill, Sue. Wow. He was wow. an odd fellow. He's certainly he an, odd, an odd man. Yeah, he was an odd fellow member. Wow. Uh, President Grant. Odd. As well as two other presidents. Which ones? Uh, it escapes me now, but I know they were all sort of around the same time. John, that's were they the names that we don't really remember? Because yes. they, they weren't like yes. a, a big president. Yes, and Those one and one VP, <laughs> one vice president, three presidents. So. I just sort of thought that was interesting. I, I guess it was a huge organization. Uh, it still is a big organization. They do a lot of good. They give a lot of money for, I think it's for um, for people who are blind. Okay. I think they do a lot, and they do quite a, a, a lot of good work still. So there's a lot of positive things that they do for, for people, which is good. Well, well, really, I mean, it's good that they existed as such a large organization oh. because... Uh -oh. Here you go. William McKinley. Okay. Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah. Um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yes, the Roosevelt and she too. Interesting. Yeah. So we're gonna have some more celebrities since you're trying. You got you got all of them. Yeah. So, so it was the thing to be a member at the Oddfellows. Right. But I mean, really, if you ask anybody, okay, Knights of Columbus, Shriners, Freemasons. But if you said, do you Oddfellows. know Oddfellows? It's just sort of. Maybe they like it that way. I, I don't really know. So I, uh, in researching this, I just found something that I thought was really sort of interesting that I never knew about, the orphan trains. Which they would always talk about. I was told that I came from an orphan train so from you my knew, sisters. You knew what they were? Well, I knew. They told me that I came from the orphan train. Well, came through the night, and I was taken off this orphan train. My, my, my sisters had me convinced that I was adopted for like a two-week period when I was a kid. Okay, well, uh, apparently you were adopted between 1853 and 1929. They were lying to me. Right, and there was at least 200,000 children from Boston and New York area. Some of them weren't uh, orphans. Some of the parents gave them up, and they would go across and 
go across west. Go and they would west. just and they would just rehome these kids. Right, and well, they'd work. No, the they farms. were they, little well, kids. They, they sometimes, them out there. let's say they came into Hoosick Falls or or Albany, New York, and they said, "Hey, listen, well, do you have any blonde, blue-eyed kids? My wife and I are looking for a baby." What do or, you suppose? What is the marketing to know that you can give? Oh, Thursday. What's going on Thursday? Oh, the orphan train will be here. And, uh, you know, little Jimmy's been not washing his hands enough. Put him let's, on. Uh, let's try for a new one. And yeah. Just get rid of just him. Swap him out for somebody else. Sorry, Uncle Ned. It didn't work out with Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, he, hmm. But it's amazing to me that they yeah. would take these kids, totally pick them up and remove them to another part of the country. Could be adopted out along the way, which they didn't really vet people. They just came you, to the station and said, I want a little girl or a little boy. Or What do you think a reason was back then? I mean, look, if, you're, if you were intact parents with your child, mm-hmm. and this is before crack, heroin, right. social problems of that we know now, what do you think would make someone give up their child like that back then? Uh, like what kind of, what would be... Like I would it would it could it be depression. that you couldn't afford them? Yeah, depression. Right. Mental health, mental health could be a thing where they're just not doing well in the home and yeah, maybe they're just not. Yeah, maybe maybe the kid issues. wasn't doing yeah. well. Right, but I you know back then nobody had mental health issues. They didn't know what they were back then. Yeah. No, it was just well, of course, women were in this. You know, we had our hysterias and stuff like that. I think women had it, but I don't think it was acceptable, of course, as it is today, to say I had mental illness. So I don't know. I know that depression was going on. The stock market fell in, wasn't it, 1929? Mm-hmm. That's when there's the end of it. Uh, it started in 18, 18, what did I say, 1853. So probably there was a time when it was the war, the mm-hmm. Civil War. That was 1860 to 1864. So some stressful yeah. stuff was going on. Right. So yeah. there, there was a lot of things going on. But just uh, I just thought that was interesting to think, there, was, there goes it. a train full of orphans. It, it says here it was organized by the New York Children's Aid Society. Um, and the orphan trains were based on the theory that the innocent children of poor Catholic and Jewish immigrants could be rescued and Americanized if they were permanently removed from de- depraved urban surroundings. Okay, so we're mm. talking about probably the Irish mm-hmm. in New York City and Boston. They think back Catholics. in that time what it was like. I mean, and we're having a running theme here with Catholics. Catholics. Thank goodness do there's three to, Catholics sitting do have, here. Do we have to go back to church now? Is that what this is? Is this a sign from God? We're all the ones that are the most superstitious yeah. anyway. Yeah, really so it, it says there were hundreds and thousands of abandoned and orphaned children that were sent, you know, from East Coast cities out to the American countryside. Right. So, which makes sense. I guess, what are you right. going to, you know... But that there were that many. I know. There must have just been too many. That many. I'm sure there were that many immigrants coming in. Right. That just shows how the the sheer volume of people that were coming to the country. And they just wanted to relocate them and Mm -hmm. get them out someplace else. And uh, (laughs) like a fresh air kid for good. Yeah. Get them out. Bye. Do they even have fresh air kids? They do. I remember that when I was a kid, we would they would come. Yeah. For the summer. They still have it. Mm. I was reading a flyer on where was I yesterday? I was at um, I'll tell you where I was. You know the A Frame Bakery outside of Williamstown. Mm Hmm. I stopped there for cookies because they have the best cookies around, by the way. They're okay. really good. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Uh, there was a there was a there was a, a poster for Fresh Air Kids on the uh, on the wall outside. I had to wait to go in because they only let one person in at a time and got to wear a mask. Ooh. 
gosh. This place still requires a mask. I'm like, well, uh-huh, yeah. and of course they're cash only. These cash only businesses, man, they're killing me. Besides the point, but <laughs> who carries cash anymore? Seriously, very few. Very yeah. few. Very few. Yeah. But anyway, yes, there are still fresh air programs going on. Well, it's just funny how to. things evolve. I mean, it sort of makes sense, obviously, for yeah. how it served a purpose, but right. And there's no more orphanages, and uh, everything went into fa- uh, foster care. So in the 1950s, so that was the end of orphanages as we know it. Or goat riding, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> odd fellow. It's still the goat riding is still continuing because the odd fellows are still with us. So we gotta find one. Call them. Right. Want, they, won't, they, they won't talk, talk about it. I talked. I tried to talk. What if we told them that we're gonna like warp their voice, no. so we can like what they do like on on, on TV? We'll can we like we can like, we can like scramble it so it's. But maybe these things don't even exist anymore in the organization. Maybe this was things that happened. Send me in deep undercover. Well, there, I'll go you join will be the odd fellow. You will be the odd fellow because they will say that is a Knights of Columbus. <laughs> then they're going to put me on Traitor. the orphan train. I'm going to be a 40, 42 year old orphan train member. Going to send me off to the to the, to the west. The only one. <laughs> the only one. Oh well. All right, guys. I think that's a wrap. Oh, we got to do the happy feeling one more time. Do you remember? <laughs> All right, let's do it, everybody, one more time. When I was a little feller, my papa used to say to me, Son, you'll find that happy feeling, a sinful technicality. Thanks again for listening to the Return of the Morning Mayor podcast. If you're hearing my voice right now, there's a good chance you want to hear more about HOA. The story of the man behind the Morning Mayor is one that certainly needs to be told, and a goal is to have this story made into a movie. The script is written, and your support will help us get to the next level. If you feel motivated to do so, click the Donate button in the About section. All proceeds will go towards seeing the story of Herbert Oscar Anderson on the big screen. Goodbye. God bless, and I thank you so very much.